it in to McDavid on the left wing. In front to Nugent Hopkins over to Dreisaitl. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl on the right wing. Hyman skates up the right wing. Comes into the Predators end. Goes to the right wing corner. In behind the net. Pass in front. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl. Got a great pass from Zach Hyman. Back to Nugent Hopkins, pass across, just skipped over the stick of Dreisaitl, he's got it on the right wing, top of the circle, into the corner, McDavid to Dreisaitl, scores! Leon Dreisaitl, the hat-trick goal, and the Oilers are up 4-0. Well, Leon Dreisaitl absolutely chewing up the Predators once again, the hat-trick tonight as the Oilers win 4-0 in Nashville. Dreisaitl with 17 goals in his last eight games against the Predators. And in one of those games, he got zero. So he absolutely lights them up again. Darnell Nurse had the other one. Mike Smith with a 30-save shutout, his first clean sheet of the year. And the Oilers bump up their record to 43-26-6 and on the season. They go 3-0 against the Preds this season. Uh, this season, Nashville does get a point because the previous game was in a shootout. So... Rob Brown, as you check into Heartland Ford overtime open line here, pretty complete game by the Oilers. The big guy gets the goals. Uh, Mike Smith makes the saves. They were pretty solid all around. The video coach comes up big <laughs> to keep the shutout intact. Uh, pretty thorough performance by the Oilers. It was. The Oilers' best players were better than Nashville's best, and Nashville does have a, some pretty good players. Uh, the Oilers' specialty teams were better. Their goaltending was better. Uh, they were They were physical. Uh, this was going to be a physical team they were playing against in Nashville. And, and the biggest hit of the game, the one that you remember the most, is the Russell hit. So uh, it, it was a good night for the Edmonton Oilers, a good response. This is a playoff team that you're playing against on the road. Uh, and you dominated from start to finish. So uh, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be pretty excited about the way that their stretch is going. Uh, and it seems now that when the Oilers do have a blip, like they did against Minnesota, like they did a few weeks back against the Calgary Flames. It's just a blip, and that's just an outlier. The normal game for the Edmonton Oilers is like what they've got tonight. So uh, it's a confident bunch that's playing very, very well. Connor McDavid with a couple of assists. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with two assists as well. And the special teams were really big tonight, Rob. We'll look at the power plays for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with the next powerproducts.com. The Predators 0 for 3 on the power play, plus they gave up a shorthanded goal. Granted, the rush started when it was 4 on 4, and their guy stepped out of the box, but officially it's shorthanded. And the Oilers go 2 for 4 on their man advantages. Dreisaitl got both the power power play goals and they, they were just showing that first goal again on the highlights Barry keeps it in McDavid finds Nugent Hopkins two good plays and then Nugent Hopkins with a spec, spec, like first of all it was a no look pass McDavid to mm -hmm. Nugent Hopkins so McDavid's looking at the net gets it to Nuge in the high slot a spot where maybe a lot of players would try to one time it or stop it and get it off quickly it, 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 great like Nuge knew exactly what he wanted to do had to one touch it to get it over there in time perfect pass and Dreisaitl fired it in well, when you play with the same guys, game after game, year after year, on the power play, it it becomes simple. Uh, you just understand everyone's tendencies. You understand where the puck should go, where they're going to be standing. Uh, and when you kill a penalty against the Edmonton Oilers, you got to do it perfectly. you got to always be in shooting lanes. You always have to be in passing lanes. But the most important thing, when you have a chance to shoot the puck down, you got to take advantage of it. And the Nashville Predators uh, made a mistake. 
Uh, Barry made a nice play reading where the puck was going, but that is a mistake by the Predators. And now you got a tired bunch of penalty killers that are a little bit out of position because they had been expecting it to get shot down, and the Edmonton Oilers took advantage of it. Uh, Nashville is a physical team, and they take a lot of penalties. But one way to stop the other team from being physical is scoring your power plays, and the Edmonton Oilers did. So uh, I don't know if there's anything you can look at, in, in, at the Edmonton Oilers lineup tonight and say they could have done this better because they played a, a, a solid game from start to finish. And uh, it, it sets them up very well for a great home game against a very good Vegas team on Saturday. And Vegas cruising tonight against Calgary up 5-1. We'll give you the full scoreboard in a few minutes here. Oilers win 4-0 in Nashville. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. We have, what I really liked was our process uh, after the game the other night. Um, we looked, saw things clearly. We did our work, had good meetings, had a good practice, and then uh, I believe that gave us the tools needed to have a good game tonight. And the players went out and executed it's a credit to their work because uh it was impressive really from the drop of the puck like you held it in there the first shift of two shifts three shifts of the game and it never yeah you know, it wavered a touch at the start of the third but not much that's a pretty complete hockey game yeah we wanted to come at this team in waves uh, we have a huge amount of respect for uh the national predators the way they're coached their structure uh we knew that in order for us to walk away with two points we needed everybody uh firing on all cylinders and yeah, I agree with you. I think we came at that team in waves tonight and we skated well and and uh, we asserted uh, what we wanted to do on them. 11 and 7 you go tonight for the yeah. first time in a while. What yeah. was the process? Sir? Well, I think uh, there were a couple of things. I, I don't think the people who didn't play did have done anything egregiously uh, wrong or anything like that. For us, we wanted to get Chris Russell up and running and back into a game. And I thought Chris... Uh, you know, early in the game, he set a physical tone. Um, he had a lot of really good uh, plays that he made with the puck. I thought he was physical when called upon, and uh, that was more the reasoning behind it. We feel comfortable going 11-7 and seven if we have to. Doesn't mean we will. We're not stuck in a way of thinking or anything like that. We're, we're fluid, and uh, we'll take things on a day-by-day basis, but tonight it worked for us. Jay, what's the most impressive component of Drysaddle's scoring ability? Well, his first of all, he has elite hockey sense, so he puts himself in in positions to score. Um, he his release is very underrated. Uh, how quickly he gets it off, he, there's there's a heaviness to his shot, and um, he put himself in those positions to score tonight, and that was pretty impressed with the goals that he did score they were excellent mike was saying that he can't believe that leon can put 54 in with the stick he uses <laughs> Is that, have you ever seen a, a stick like that yeah. i know you mentioned datsu yeah but, yeah but i would just, say the closest yeah. pattern and and almost lie that i've seen is Datsuk. uh and you know everyone talks about leon shot but how about his passing ability with that stick as well uh, he can pass just as well on his backhand as he can his forehand you guys, uh, with your offside challenges or whatever, you have a really good record with that and yeah. not just successful, but at the right times. Yeah. It's the chain of events because you have to act pretty quickly. You don't have a whole bunch of time to. Well, I think we have the best video coach in the NHL and Jeremy Kupal. Um, I'm proud that I, a few years ago, um, was part of the process in bringing him in from Nashville to Edmonton. Um, he works extremely hard. He's very detailed and he's He's quick in his decision-making. Um, you know, if there's something during a play that, that looks um, 
um, you know, that is a little bit questionable, we mark it and make sure that he has it ready to go. And, and then uh, the way it works is it gets communicated from him to the bench. Uh, Brian Wiseman's on the earpiece, and, and uh, we discuss it quickly. We can also see it on the floor of the bench. Uh, but to me, it was a no-brainer tonight, and I trust Jeremy uh, completely. Do you, most times, do you make the call based on what he says, or do you want to see it on that monitor? Both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want. To, I want to know what his opinion is first, and then I'll look at it quickly, and and we'll make the call. And I, I get the opinion of the other coaches as well. And and uh, like I said, uh, I don't only think that Jeremy's value is in the is in the challenges. I think it it comes in the work that he does every day. He's an unsung hero of our coaching staff, and I'm I'm happy to be working with him. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who win 4 nothing in Nashville. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with your Oilers Hockey, presented by Friesen Brothers. Rob, uh, Leon Dreisaitl's stick, uh, uh, we don't really get to be up close to it, but uh, we've seen him using it. What, what do you notice, and what do you think uh, You know, Woodcroft kind of alluded to there, and maybe some of his teammates might, like Mike Smith, might give him a hard time about no, I, I know he use it very well. Whatever, whatever curve or lie or weight or whatever it is, he's pretty good at it. I, I mean, honestly, I was never interested in sticks. I don't know what the lie of my stick is. I don't know what the flex of my stick was. It just it, once it's in your hand, uh, it, I, to me, it's the guy with the, the stick. It's not the stick. It's whoever's got it in his hands. He's the one making the play. So I think you could give Leon just about any stick. If he broke his stick and had to play right-handed for a shift or two, I think he would be just as effective because he's that talented. I I don't know much about his stick. Being in the press box, it's really hard to see a whole lot up there. Uh, but he's comfortable with it. And to, to me, when they asked Jay about what makes him such an effective goal scorer, uh, the first one was first answer was very smart. His, his hockey IQ. So he puts himself in himself in a position to be able to get the puck in the right spot but his ability to hit the net. And that is so underrated, so underrated. How many times you see a guy have a wide open opportunity and he puts it over the goalie's head or it's over the crossbar, he just goes wide. Leon doesn't do that. If for a goaltender to stop his puck, it's going to hit him. It's not Leon's not going to make the mistake of missing the net. Nine times out of ten, it's on net. So the goaltender's going to have to make a good save. So Leon just consistently puts puck on net. And forces the goaltender to be in the right position and if he isn't then the puck goes in the net so to me he understands the game as good as anyone in the national hockey league and he knows where the net is so that when the puck is shot it's going towards the net so uh he, he, in all honesty he, at first you know or their fans okay, we want him to get to 50 60 is not out of the possibility now he's only six away uh, you know hat trick here two goal there maybe an empty net goal somewhere along the way uh, Leon's got a, the way he's playing, the way the team's playing, the way that the power play is moving the puck around. You know, I don't think 60 goals is out of the question this year. Well, that's, that's exciting. And yeah, it is still possible. I just, so you, cause I know from talking to hockey players over there, over the years, some players seem more interested in taking care of their sticks than maybe their own children. Uh, <laughs> You're absolutely right. You, you, you I were played with never some of those overly, guys. You, you were never nope. overly concerned about a certain curve, the tape job, the, you know, one little crack, nope. you got to throw it out, anything like that? No, um, I, I've never, that I can ever remember, retaped a stick. I, it just stayed, the tape stayed on it until the tape all fell off or I broke my stick. I never would, I, a lot of guys, every every period, they'd take all the tape off and retape it. I'd never done that. 
it's whatever tape's there, that tape's going to be. I could have half a tape left. I could have only one strand on it, but I wasn't going to take the time to redo it. I don't know. I, I've got guys that have asked me to buy sticks, and they're like, okay, what kind of stick do you want? I go, I don't know. What curve do you want? No idea. I don't know what lie I have. <laughs> I have I have no idea of the flex. I have to call my buddy who owns St. Albert Sports. I'm like, hey, Ritter, what flex do I have? Because he has to tell me. I don't know those things. I, guys, I played with Randy Cunningworth. Every time this, he'd get a dozen sticks come in, and he'd take them into the scale, and he'd weigh them. Each stick, he'd weigh them, and then about five or six of them would get X's. They weighed the wrong weight. I didn't know they weighed any different. I thought they were all the same. So to me, uh, give me any stick. It doesn't matter. And a lot, most NHL players are capable. Some is just all in their head. Because to me, give Connor, give Leon, give Kane, give any of those players, uh, honestly, give them the opposite hand, and they'll be an effective hockey player with it. Yeah, I would think weighing your stick, I mean, that's, to me, that's just in your head because I assume oh, the difference is going to be ounces, right? It's not yeah. like, oh, this stick oh, is three yeah. pounds now, heavier like, than the other. Not, like, it's going to be honestly, ounces. Honestly, I don't read, I don't even think it was ounces. It might have been an ounce off. Right. And then it was funny when Mario <laughs> used to get his sticks, Mario would get a dozen sticks and he would, they would hand him one at a time and he would just flex once, hand it back, flex once, flex once, hand it back, flex once, hand it back. And he would take, he'd keep half of them. I think he just did it for, for fun because all he did was flex it once he didn't didn't lift it nothing just put his little weight in the middle okay i'll keep this one i'll send this one back my well i i don't know if i told the story before but at the end of my career i was using aluminum sticks with a a christian blade that you stuck inside it and they stopped making them they started going to the the one pieces and i didn't like the one pieces i didn't like the feel but they stopped making my stick and i was i didn't have any left i was down to the last couple and i watched an nhl game at that point i was in the minors and Brendan Shanahan used the exact same shafts that I had. So our, our trainer reached out to the Detroit Red Wings and asked if they had any extras. And he was using one stick a period. So they sent me all of these sticks. I think I got two dozen of them of used Brendan Shanahan sticks that he'd used for one period. I just took the tape off the knob and put on mine. And then I used used Brendan Shanahan sticks the last two years of my career. Uh, several years ago, obviously, because this was a brief conversation I had with Neil Yakupov, you know, in the dressing room waiting to talk to somebody or whatever, and he was in his stall and I was kind of standing next to the stall and he was taping three sticks up. And so you start making small talk and I said, are you getting your sticks ready for the week? And he gave me this really funny look and he kind of laughed. He's like, no, for tomorrow night. And I was like, <laughs> oh, do you use a different stick every period? And he looked at me like I had 10 heads. And he's like, yes, oh, yeah. of, of course I do. And I was just like, oh, I, uh, I used okay. to forget some. I used to forget sometimes the trainer would come, would come in and get me, Kate, you forgot to put your sticks out for the road trip. I'm like, I just grab whatever. I don't care. And they would just go on the stick rack and grab a couple of my practice you, sticks. And I put think them on you're there. the minority, though. I think you're the exception here, Rob. I, I, probably. Probably. I mean, a lot of guys, all their equipment. Like, I don't know. I go to get my skate sharp, but I sharpen them once a year now. And they'll say, what kind of hollow do you want? I don't know. Just make them sharp. I don't want to fall down. Whatever the one is, don't fall down. That's the sharpening that I want. (laughs) So to me, it was, it's all in your head. I can go out, just give me my skates, give me my stick, push me out on the ice. I'll be all right. Oilers win 4 nothing over the Nashville Predators. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl's stick was deadly tonight. He gets the hat-trick. Darnell Nurse scores shorthanded. And the Oilers did win the offside challenge, and we were texting when that happened. I mean, unless a team is behind and they maybe think it's close enough to, to make a desperate challenge, they're not going to challenge unless they could win. And on that one, Rob, 
you know, it, it kind of had that little bit of a hitch at the blue line because the Oilers mm-hmm. had a couple of checkers uh, thrown off the play. And actually, I, I thought Nashville went offside a lot tonight on some promising <laughs> rushes, and they, they weren't smooth getting across the line. You're right. And there was actually, I think, two other times that they didn't call offside that eventually the Oilers got the puck out that if anything had happened, it would have been called off too. Uh, the one thing that coaches, defensive coaches, teach their defensemen, and it was exactly what happened on this play, if you give up the blue line, if you're back up and you're giving up the blue line, put your stick on puck. So put you, the end of your stick, kind of mirror the puck so that sometimes if the, on this one it was Yossi was coming down, the stick of, I'm not even sure the defender, I think it was CeCe, but CeCe put his stick so Yossi had to pull his stick back a little bit just to keep it away from CeCe's stick. And that just little hesitation forced the Nashville Predator to go across the, the blue line first and before the puck did but just keep your stick around there just and it, it doesn't take much for an offside because we see how many times that it, the player and the puck are coming across at the right at the exact same time so if you get that slight hesitation you force that player to go offside and the others have done a very good job of that as of late and the only way you can do that as well is if your forwards are having back pressure and i think it was jesse pulliard became back on that one and if he's coming back that allows the defenseman to stand up a little bit longer which forces a play at the blue line and you get the offside. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as the, they said, I think Louie on the, on the television said, Hey, it looks like they're looking at it. I'm like, okay, it's, it's going to be offside because the Edmonton Oilers, they do not make that call unless they're sure that it's going to be an offside call. And again, very important. I've never been a fan of the rule with the one inch offside, but uh, if it's in the playbook, make sure you call it. And I don't think the national predators were going to come back in this game but it certainly changed the the way the final period was going to be played with all of a sudden it's back to a three-goal lead. Oilers win it 4 nothing in Nashville, and our adjustment of the game, Rob, a decision made by the coaches probably around the time of the morning skate for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. Derek Broussard is out tonight. Chris Russell is in, so the Oilers go with 11 forwards and 7-D, and uh, Russell, about uh, 2 minutes and 45 seconds into the game, steps up with a big hit on Granlund. Yeah, and at the end of the season, when they put together one of those videos that the Oilers will put together with the best goals, best fights, best hits, that hits in, that hit is certainly in their, their uh, display of hits because that was perfect. You, can't, you cannot hit a player in open ice better than Chris Russell did right there. Clean, uh, the right moment. Uh, everything about it was, uh, you send that to all the teams in the National Hockey League, here, you want to do an open ice hit, this, this is how you do it without taking a penalty. But this is a guy that hasn't played forever. And he just, he wants to get back in the lineup. And we've talked about the Edmonton Oilers, the addition of Kulak allows the Oilers to have as a seventh defenseman right now, Chris Russell. If anything happens, or if you want to go seven defenseman, you got a guy with 900 NHL games who has more block shots than, than anyone in the history of the NHL is your seventh defenseman. That was a subtle move at the trade deadline that you, you saw tonight, what you have if you need it. So uh, they needed to get Russell in the lineup. They do not want him sitting until the playoffs. Then all of a sudden, a block shot puts someone out of the lineup and he has to play. Let him get his feet wet. Let him start playing at the, the end-of-the-year level, the playoff-style level. And you saw tonight a very good game out of Chris Russell. I'm a fan. Uh, he's the type of guy that teammates love because he plays the game the right way. And I, I, was, I will think you would see him more down the stretch, and I certainly believe you'll see him at some point in the playoffs.
Four zip, the Oilers take it in Nashville. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to go to the website and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.com. CA. Okay, more post-game reaction and your reaction as well. I think we already got a couple of folks holding on on the CertainTeed hotline, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, installation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can dial 780-496-0063. Coming right back for more. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Deshane, he lost it in the slot. Now puts it on net in a save made by Smith. Johansson with it, right wing corner. Gave it to DeShane, back to the blue line for Yossi. Cam Moon calling Mike Smith, save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Smith stopping all 30 shots he faces tonight in a 4-0 Oilers victory over Nashville. It is his 43rd career shutout that ties him for 38th all time with Brian Elliott and Gump Worsley. And you will hear from Smith as we move along tonight, but first we'll go to the phone lines. We have Greg standing by. Hi, Greg, go ahead. Hey guys, if we can play uh, Nashville for the rest of the season, I'm sure dry will hit 60 goals. No problem. <laughs> uh, but um, I have a couple questions. Um, first, um, what was with uh, his helmet today? I, I don't think I've seen that one before. So that's one question. And then the other question is, um, I know if, if possible, wouldn't it be, wouldn't Nashville be, if possible, our best first round matchup? Just if we could get it, it, it would be, they, but they, they're not going to be able them. to play them in the first round. Yeah. It just won't work out standing wise. Nashville's probably going to be, uh, which isn't happening. Yeah. So Nashville's probably going to play either Colorado or Calgary in the first round. And then I'm not sure about the, the the helmet. I'm not sure what you're referring to on that. Do we still have Greg there? He's gone. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. People, if somebody saw something, they can call in. Did you notice anything funny with the helmet, Rob? No, I, I, no, not at all. So I'm not sure what it was, but my eyes aren't well, as good as they used to be. Either we're the only two that didn't notice it or Greg's the only <laughs> one that did. Well, it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me if I was one of the few that didn't notice it. Things It didn't come off at any point me. that I remember. I don't know. Uh, no idea. All right. We also have uh, Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I got to say, you know what? I mean, you know, I told uh, I, ca- I called into your show uh, last night, Reed, and I told you, I said the, uh, I said the Minnesota game's a one-off. They're going to bounce back, and they did. I liked, uh, you know, I liked how they played tonight from start to finish. They were on it. They were on it from basically, they were basically on it from like start to finish. Smith was good. Dreisaitl, Patrick, I mean, but I mean, Dreisaitl and Nashville, not really much you can say about that. But, you know, I guess, uh, but I mean, you know, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess what I want to say is, uh, or I guess it's more of a question for Rob Smith is 7-0-1 in, in his last eight starts. Do you think Smith is starting to return to that form we saw last year? Yeah, yeah I think he is. I think he's been excellent over this last stretch. Uh, he's, he's a proud player. He's on a team that's going to be in the playoffs. He wants to be the starter in the playoffs. Uh, it's been a, a tough year for him injury-wise. He hasn't played the way he wanted, but uh, he's, he's started to round into form. And, and we've said all along, there's about... Um, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that we said if 
playoffs started that day, Koskinen would be the starter. But for the, if the Oilers could somehow get Smith back playing like he did last year, that gives him a leg up in the playoffs because he gives them that extra uh, benefit of being a, a playmaker with the puck, being able to get them out of trouble. And the Oilers are a better team if Smith is the starter playing the way he did last year. And as of right now, uh, he's he's been excellent over the last little while and uh, has been the better of the two goaltenders in this last little stretch. Having said that, I mean, Koskinen's been what good as well. But uh, Mike Smith's making a, a statement that he wants to be the starter come game one of the playoffs. I think Sir Robert was calling us from an LRT stop. <laughs> At first, first, I thought, I thought maybe it was his order was ready, but then I... Then I heard something about stepping back from the platform or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I anyway. hope he did. I hope he did because he's not on the phone anymore. <laughs> All right. So the Oilers win 4-0 as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Vegas cruising tonight up 5-1 in Calgary with six minutes left. Avalanche leading the Devils 3-1 late in the third period. Sharks and Chicago are in overtime tied 4-4. Vancouver leads Arizona 3-1 with six minutes left in the second period. Alex Chason has his 11th. Ottawa beats Boston 3-2. Toronto all over the Capitals. 7-3 is the final. St. Louis wins 6-2 in Buffalo. Tarasenko with a hat trick. He's up to 31 on the season. Lightning get by the Ducks 4-3 in overtime. Sorelli with the game winner. Penguins knock off the Islanders 6-3. The Red Wings shut out the Hurricanes 3-0. And it's the Wild beating the Stars 3-2 in overtime. Frederick Goudreau gets the game winner. He also scored against Edmonton the other night. And the Blue Jays are trailing the Yankees 3-0 in the ninth. So uh, the Jays need a rally there. We will uh, get to more of your phone calls. You'll hear from Mike Smith and Leon Dreisaitl. 4-0 Oilers win. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. up against the inboards. It's in behind the net. Cecil get the pass on the right side to Kane. Oilers now shorthanded. Kane in over the line to the middle. Nurse scores! Darnell Nurse high to the stick side on Soros. Shorthanded Darnell Nurse. Every Oilers goal. A $100 donation to 630 Ted Santa's Anonymous. From James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. So 400 bucks tonight as the Oilers win 4 nothing in Nashville. Dreisaitl with a hat trick, uh, 17 goals in his last eight games against the Preds. Shots were 32-30 for Edmonton. Couple assists for McDavid. Couple assists for Nugent Hopkins. They did not give Smith an assist on that goal. Uh, on Dreisaitl's second goal, they up when he, I mean, yeah, I thought he kicked it up and Hyman got the rebound. Well, actually, it was, the, a, it was a it was a nice save on that one too, because the the save he it was a, a shot a long shot with a screen that it looked like it could be trouble, and he made a big kick save that bounced off the boards right to Hyman, and Hyman went end end. So uh, it's weird that they didn't get that one because that was pretty easy to see. Well, and, and you know what, Rob, I, I think. It, and I know it's kind of one of the themes of the season, but I thought we saw it again tonight. They both got an assist by driving the puck and the impact that Kane and Hyman have had mm -hmm. on the Oilers. I mean, yes, they're good down low and they can protect the puck and forecheck, but they can transport the puck. I mean, they're big guys who can move and they can hold on to it until they can make a play. You know, it's funny. I was listening to, I don't know if it was the last game of the game before, and you were discussing 
uh, before the game, Jesse Pugliarvi, and how he we've seen him come down the wing and he, he winds up for that big shot. And uh, we, we've seen him score once or twice over his time here, but most of the time it's a tough goal to score from there. And you talked about the fact that you think a man of his size and speed should drive the net more. And I agree 100% because either you're going to get a scoring chance, you're going to create havoc in front, you're going to draw a penalty. And that's what we're seeing with Hyman and, and Kane is they do drive the net. And if the defenseman does a good job, and the one play on Hyman tonight did a really good job, forced Hyman behind the net, but he's got all eyes are now facing Hyman down low. And when he throws it back out in front, it's going. all the defensemen and, and the defensive forwards coming back are looking at Hyman below the goalie or below the goal line. And a player like Leon at that point, he just comes in the, the slot area. No one sees him. And that's all because Zach Hyman drove the net. He, he created that entire play. Makes a nice pass out front, but driving the net created the play because now there's chaos down low. They're in a very vulnerable position. If he would have shot from the outside, probably would have got kicked out into the corner, the far corner. Now you're fighting for the puck along the boards. But when he throws it out in front, even if it doesn't go right on the stick of, uh, of Leon Dreisaitl, the others are at least fighting in front of the net. And that's where bad things can happen for a defensive team. So, yeah, I agree. Hyman and Kane bring a different element to the Edmonton Oilers, something that they've sorely needed. They're big men. They're fast. They're able to transport the puck. And they always go to the blue paint. All right, let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sava standing by. Hey, Sava, go ahead. Hey, uh, gentlemen. Uh, how's it going? Um, actually, one of the things I wanted to say was uh, I really do love listening to you guys. Uh, it's been a podcast, and, yeah, just you guys uh, make my morning commute to work that much better because I can't listen to you guys after the game. But oh, I cool. did want to um, – yeah, um, I did want to uh, chime in on why I don't think the Oilers really need to worry about having to worry about, like, a, not having, like, a big, strong defensive core, like a, a – I listened to Bob Stoffer's podcast and he wished they would have picked up a right D that can stop the cycle. Um, I used to live in Detroit uh, during the 97 playoffs and um, a couple things I remember from that. First, the tragic accident. Feel sorry for everyone there. Darren McCarty's deke on Yanni Nienema and scoring the goal in the fourth game. That was awesome. But also when the Red Wings picked up Larry Murphy uh, that year, and the way they stopped the Legion of Doom against uh, um, Eric Lindros and all them was they would clog up the zo- uh, neutral zone, if I remember correctly. Uh, they'd have to dump it in, and they would quickly be able to get that puck out of the D zone, pass it up, and the Eric Lindros and the rest of the Flyers were not able to um, do the four-check, turn the puck over, and do what they did to make them so uh, dominant during that time. Um, and I think that's what Kenny Holland is hoping to do and to have with the Oilers. Um, thoughts, opinions? Yeah, no, um, I, think that's, I think that's a really good point what you're making there. Uh, the, um, every team would love to have a, a six foot five defenseman that's mean and, and nasty and that can still play the game. They're, they're few and far between. Uh, Josh Manson was a guy that moved to Colorado this year that at the deadline, huge, huge acquisition by the Avalanche. But not everyone is able to do that. So with the Oilers, you got to play to your strengths. They're not a big physical group in the back end, but they can move the puck quickly. They can get in. They're quick at feet. They, they, they're smart hockey players. And what they have that sets them apart 
from a lot of other teams, and just, well, just about anyone in the NHL, is they have a goaltender that can get them out of trouble. So they, if they play it right, if the, the defenseman hold up at the blue line, if the forwards come back and get in the way of the forechecking opposition, when the puck gets dumped in, Smith gets out, he gets it, the two defensemen move into certain spots in the defensive zone, he makes the pass, and quickly they make a pass up. So, yeah, they they would love to have a little bit uh, of size on the back end, but they're going to try and play the way that they're built. And they're built as a team that can skate in the back end, that can make plays, can get the puck out quickly, and try to stay out of trouble, try to stay out of that long stretch in their own zone. So uh, tonight was a perfect example. Nashville wanted to forecheck, but they just never really got that going because the others, whenever they had the opportunity, they got back quickly and got the puck out and got it going in, it going north in the right direction again. Sava, you mentioned you lived in Detroit in the in the late 90s. I'm just wondering, were you the Lions starting quarterback? Because if not, you might have been better than whoever they had. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I do love the Lions. because I live in San Diego now, and all my friends are, you know, everyone, whatever, football fan. But I always say being a Lions fan is always the best fan possible because you never get your expectations high, so they never get crushed. Fair like, enough. It's always best to be a Lions fan. That, that's what I, I That's what I say. But, um, yeah, so, but I really, I just wanted to say, you guys really do make my day, like, afterwards, and Rob Brown, I'm about to be a father real quick, and you have the best father voice, um, <laughs> like, soft, soothing, like, I'm just, you know, whatever, future dad love here, but, like, yeah, it really is nice and calming, especially post-games, it, uh, yeah, that's all I got to oh, say. Oh, I appreciate it, trust me, right now. I've put I've put yeah. a lot of, of I put a lot of people to sleep in my day, so thank you. I appreciate that. But and, and yeah. good luck with good luck with the baby. Nothing better than that. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, you guys have a good night. Rob Brown, soft and soothing. <laughs> NPR you, is calling you, right now. You got to do a jazz album. <laughs> oh, I love jazz too. That would be nice. I, actually, the, so do I've I've gotten into jazz the last. Uh, last two or three years just kind of nice background music i mm-hmm. love oscar peterson who's who was yep. canadian yeah my grand my grandfather used to be a huge jazz fanatic so when he ever used to come to chicago we would go out to jazz clubs and just let him listen to you know they were talented there's some talented clubs in in chicago that we used to go and listen to the music so yeah it's uh i like all music and having having kids now my son and daughter are 21 but I've learned a lot of other musics or a lot of other genres of music. They listen to a little bit different than me, so I'm learning different songs. All right. It was a winning note tonight for the Oilers 4-0 in Nashville. Hat trick for Dreisaitl. Here he is. So pretty much all yeah. facets of the game looked like they were on on par today. I mean, this is exactly what you were looking for because it was a playoff playoff atmosphere, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously not our best uh, in, in Minnesota, um, but good teams they they make sure they respond right uh and and we are a good team and and uh, i thought we responded really well tonight uh full 60 minutes um every every facet of the game was uh checked off really this guy's a fighter he was down and out halfway through the season and now he's won like five in a row seven one and one yeah he, he battles right that's his uh that's his thing uh he plays the puck better than a lot of players do um and he battles that's 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 his thing. He's uh, he's been amazing for us. Both of them, Koski too. Uh, they've been so good for us. So um, it's it's great, great. Uh, you know, rewarding him with with a shutout. You got a thing. Uh, you play well against Nashville. You seem to score goals against them, and your team plays well against Nashville. 
we just talked about the Minnesota team where maybe the style didn't fit you. Is there something there with Nashville, or what's the story? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, obviously the circumstance helped us a little bit. I mean, we were... Uh, if, if that was reversed, we probably would have had a better showing against Minnesota uh, tonight as well, right? So... Um, yeah, uh, sometimes sometimes it's just <laughs> it's, it's funny funny it work works that way. So, uh, yeah. You had a hat trick in here. I think your last game in this building is that not correct? I think it was four. Four. Seven and two games is pretty good, Yeah. Um, again, yeah. I think sometimes you just have a team that it, it, it seems to work a little better against than, than others. A um, couple great great plays tonight by, by some guys. So, um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I took advantage of it. I know it's, it's team first and everything, but you're going to be pushing 60 goals here. I mean, that that's, has to be exciting for any guy who fancies himself a goal scorer. Yeah, I mean... Uh, if, if I can get there, it's it's great. Um, I'm, I'm like I said, uh, I'm not gonna try and stop scoring, but I'm also not gonna um, force this, you know. So uh, whatever happens, happens. Um, be happy to uh, to to get to that uh, mark, but if not, that's uh, totally fine with me too. You guys are on board with these challenges, the offside stuff, uh, and at key times too, like that three-one goal, and then looking back earlier in the season, um, what's the chain of events that happens when that? Happens? Well, I think JC is. Just just doing a great job of, of um, you know, being being on, uh, being on top of things, and, and, and realizing really quick that that uh, could be offside or, or goalie interference, whatever it may be. So, uh, our coaching staff and, and uh, Jeremy are, are doing a great job. Well, that's Leon Drysaddle who makes a winner out of Brad tonight for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. I set the line before the game at one and a half goals by Leon Drysaddle. He is indeed over. So Brad gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. You're still going to hear from Mike Smith as well. 4 nothing Oilers take it. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Edmonton Oilers 4, Nashville Predators 0 is your final. Leon Dreisaitl hat trick, Darnell Nurse shorthanded goal, Mike Smith shutout. Those are your headlines. You'll hear from Mike Smith in a couple of minutes, but first we'll quickly bring Cliff onto the show. Cliff, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Is that me? Yeah, Cliff. Are you, are you Cliff? Oh, 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 yeah. Sorry, 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 Reed. It's um, you, man. Okay, sorry. Uh, okay, well, I want to say that, um, Reed and Rob, I think that I was trying to think who Jesse Pugliarvi reminds me of, and I couldn't really think of who it was, but I would say maybe kind of like Jonas Hoagland. Remember when he played with the Flames, kind of like this big, sort of tall, gangly guy? Um, I, that's the only guy I could think of. Um, and uh, Zach Hyman, he kind of reminds me, if I had to, put, if I was comparing him, I'd have to say he kind of reminds me of a guy maybe like a German Titov who was with the Flames too back in the day. Like not a great player, not a horrible player. Um, pretty good. Like Titov was pretty good for a while. And uh, that's what – and uh, Rob, my other question is um, – Rob Dylan Holloway's not having a great year in Bakersfield. Like, um, who does he? Who would be a good comparable in the NHL today? Like uh, for Dylan Holloway, and I'll just hang up. And listen, thanks, guys. Well, for, um, I, mean, I think Holloway's honest, doing okay. He's been he's been hurt lately. I mean, he's he's doing okay. Yeah, he's got twenty one points in thirty two games. He's been a little up and down. Yeah, I, I I would have absolutely no idea. I've never seen Dylan Holloway play, so I have no idea what he who he'd be like uh, at all. I've I think I've seen him play 
on TV once and when he played for the was it the, was the World Juniors was he on the World Junior yeah he was on the World Junior team yeah that's the only time that's the only time I've ever seen a play so I'm not going to make any comparisons because it wouldn't be fair to him um, I played with German Titov he was a very nice hockey player uh, Hyman's a different style of player than him Hi, but I, I'm trying to think I'm not sure who to compare Hyman to but German Titov was a was a skilled player I I don't remember Hoagland at all but Titov was a nice player really nice guy too. Played with him in Pittsburgh. Great guy, good teammate. Uh, I think Hyman has been excellent. Uh, he's brought in. He's he, he's lived up to the expectations, if not excelled over them, because he's he, he's exceeded his point total that he's ever had. Uh, he gives them the ability to have two solid scoring lines, uh, and he plays the game the right way. He's good if you put him on the power play. He's good if you put him on the penalty kill. He, he's like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins that. He's, he's not a superstar, but your team is better because you have him on it. Okay, let's bring in Mike Smith after the shutout. Yeah, I mean, for one, it bounced back. You know, we wanted to bounce back and have a better effort than we did in many. And, and yeah, like you said, uh, I think as complete an effort as you can have and, and uh, against a really good hockey team in their building, it's always tough to play in here. And um, It's always a great atmosphere, and, and the guys responded really well, had a good, good start to the game, got up and... In the first, and then kind of just you know carried the momentum of that uh, throughout the whole 60. So it was good to see. Your uh, your season, it's been a weird season, and uh, you got her back now. You're going well. You won a bunch in a row, and right on time for the playoffs. <laughs> it's not how you start; it's how you finish. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I'm not really worried about what's passed now. You can't really control that. So um, obviously, yeah, it's been a different season, but. All you can control is your next game, and and I feel like I've been really focused on that, and uh, you know feel good in the net, and uh, that's all that counts this time of year. You wanna you know you wanna play important games, and that's I said that for as long as I probably played in this league, but it's just the most time, the most fun time of year to be playing important hockey games is right now, and obviously you want to be playing your best hockey at the end of the season and, and going into the playoffs. So I feel like it's uh, it's right there for us. Drysdale uh, is up to 54 now. Uh, and it's he's just such a pure goal scorer. What do you? You're a goalie. What do you think about it? I mean, even more impressive that he can do it with the stick like he's using. I think if anyone saw the paddle he's using, it's like uh, you know flipping pancakes with that thing. And then he's going out and scoring 54, and he's going to keep on trucking. So I think it's. Uh, I mean, he's a special talent, obviously, to, uh, to have the opportunity to play with a guy like him and then Connor. Um, and see it day in, day out is obviously special and something you don't want to take for granted. Obviously, you don't have those opportunities, um, it seems like, every year. So I think, obviously, to, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a testament to, to Leo and the work that he's put in. And obviously, tonight, he was a big reason why he won that game. So obviously, he's helping our team get to where we want to go. On, on that save on Matt Duchesne, the TV broadcast, Mike's picked up uh, an explosive, uh, what he said, Holy blank, I can't say it, Mike. Uh, did you happen to hear that, or did you exchange Who said any? that? Uh, Duchesne. After. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Okay, no. okay, I wasn't no. sure if you heard it or not. I heard uh, I heard Johansson say you're too old for that. But, uh, <laughs> that's that's the one I hear. I should have heard the other one, maybe. But. That was a big save. <laughs> what, 20 seconds into the third period, uh, if, if they get one there, it, it probably changes the tenor. Yeah, I mean, he made a good move on me, and I kind of bit on it, and then just instincts kick in and you try and get something on it and it ended up in my gloves so obviously it's an important you know 
important time in the game to, to make a save like that. And obviously we knew they were going to push in the third and they weren't just going to go away. But I thought we responded well there and, and obviously got the got the win. That's the most important. So there's a lot of guys in the league with good shots. Is, is like Drysaddle's different? Is there something different about He's just deadly accurate. I think he can, he can, it's heavy and he can shoot it from a lot of different positions and a lot of different angles and he can catch you off guard. So I think he's... He can thread the needle pretty well, and that's why he's, you know, where he is with with the goals that he has. I think he's scored from every different spot on the ice, and um, you know, he's he's good at threading it through screens and and finding ways to get it in from from really bad angles, also, and obviously a huge part of our power play. But yeah, it's impressive what he's doing for sure. And doing it with a stick from Walmart. Yeah, I don't even know if it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> is your is your sort of revival physical, mental, just getting in the rhythm of getting some games? How would you? Yeah, I mean physically. Obviously, when when you're not feeling healthy, I think you're you're maybe favoring you know the injury a little bit, and and it's not as smooth as you'd like it. And then obviously that affects your mental game because you don't feel like you're maybe performing as well as you can, and then you kind of maybe put a little more pressure on yourself, and you're, then you're trying so hard that it it ends up just snowballing and and you know it can get out of control a little bit. But I feel like I you know put in some really good work with Schwartzy and. And uh, watched a lot of film and, and you know kind of dissected the game a little bit and got back where uh, where I felt like my game needed to be and obviously the health was the most important getting that feeling good and then everything else kind of just put the work in and the work will pay off eventually. Oilers win over the Predators four nothing. Next game broadcast is Saturday twelve thirty in the afternoon for the faceoff show two p.m. puck drop at Rogers Place. Oilers and Golden Knights. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.